You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. Man, the best thing I can say about this movie is that it really, really makes me want to dig up my Assassin's Creed 4 album so I can listen to all the sea shanties again. Yeah, I play Black Flag so much. It's just I remember just listening to all the shanties nonstop. It's, it's, this was so similar. Yeah, and I heard so many of these songs. I'm like, I think I know almost all of these from that game for the, yeah. uh, the renditions they did there. <laughs> the guy who's singing those songs, I think his name is David Coffin, and I have to say that there could easily be a movie about that guy, whatever it is that he does on his off time when he's not singing those great songs. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I could see a whole movie of just them singing their sea shanties because <laughs> that was probably the part where I woke up the most during this movie. Ooh, <laughs> so. Low blow. Low blow on the man I- down. I know. I, this is going to be a very interesting review. So I am Justin Zarian, and we're talking about Blow the Man Down, a movie that just was released on Amazon. I think this was supposed to get a theatrical review, but of course, nothing's going to theaters anymore. So, yeah, probably for the best. Um, but uh, I also have with me on this review we got Max over here. What's up? Hey, and we got Santiago. Hello, everybody out there. Hello. Hey, uh, I don't think I've reviewed with you yet, Santiago. Have I? This is the first. Awesome. First date. Well, like interview, but first date. Feel free to ask me anything, <laughs> anything at all. Well, I don't kiss on the first date, so you have to do, win my affection later well, on. Well, that's where you and I differ. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is looking at me with a weird, puzzled look, like, "What are you guys talking about over there?" Hey, man. Wild times occasion wild people. I suppose. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Well, Santiago, uh, why don't you give us a little setup here? What is Blow the Man Down about? Well, Blow the Man Down is a, is a tale that kind of reverses some roles, and um, it essentially is, well, it's a thriller, it's, it's a murder, well, not a murder mystery, it's a murder cover-up story. We have these two girls who are living in northern Maine, they seemingly live in what I'm pretty sure is a fictional town, I've never heard of this, the name of this city. I, I think they live right across from Manchester by the sea. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, definite, definitely um, a fictional... I think Casey Affleck was shoveling their lawn at some point. <laughs> And this city is, I guess, like, still feeling the after effects of what was probably just a really low time of expansion in the, I would assume, you know, um, late 50s, 60s, around that time, because everybody in this town is seemingly a lot older than these two girls, who are, well, their mother is somehow affiliated with the brothel that has been running ever since the time I previously mentioned, and one thing leads to another, somebody gets killed, and these girls got to cover up the body. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the way that you're trying to find out what genre this movie is, that's kind of a thing that hindered me a bit, because this movie is so all over the place with what it's trying to do, because the way it was listed on Amazon is like a dark like comedy drama kind of thing. Um, hmm. I don't remember laughing at all in this movie, do you? Not once. No, not <laughs> me either. No, not at all. Yeah, that's the weird thing where it's like, I guess they're trying to make it goofy with some of the music choices and some of the weird, like, stylistic camera angles and that stuff, but it's not really funny at all. It's it's definitely dark, you know? It's right off the bat, the first, like, 15 minutes or so, there's a pretty gruesome uh, murder scene that happens. You're just like, oh, well, shoot. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty gruesome. Very surprising. Did not see that coming at all. 
I did not indeed. Um, I have to say, I, I do want to say I, I really enjoyed watching that guy get stabbed in the throat, though, because I don't know if anybody recognizes him from the TV show Girls on HBO. I uh, have a bit of a soft spot for that show, but didn't like his character. I tr- I'm killing myself to remember his name right now. Oh, he's uh, Desi from Girls. Yes, Desi. Desi. Yeah. No, and I remember the him because he was one of the lead guys from the Punisher TV show, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot that he was in that. I know, like, this This movie is a mishmash of, like, character actors and actresses just all thrown together. I mean, freaking June Squibb is in this movie. I'm like, wait, where's she been since Nebraska and Girls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, like, half of the cast are just act- uh, actors and character performers from Girls in this group. I haven't seen Margot uh, Martindale then, in a few things in a while. Maybe I'm just missing out, but... No, 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 no. get her name right. It's beloved character actress Margot Martindale. <laughs> beloved character mm-hmm. actress <laughs> yeah. that, that's the funny thing so my wife is a humongous fan of bojack horseman and i grilled her at some point i'm like so have you actually seen a margo martindale movie or show and she had to think about it for a minute she's like i don't think i have <laughs> i was kind of shocked so now she gets the joke because she sees beloved character actress margo martindale in a movie now <laughs> <laughs> desi's real name and, is uh eben moss Backrack. i don't know if he has any relation to bert but that's his name possibly i don't know but uh you know that's the thing is that i think this cast is actually pretty talented throughout this although to be fair anytime the camera went to margo martindale i was way more interested in whatever she was doing because i'm like she's just that lady is just so good in any project she's in even her bad movies that she's been in was that the lady that played like enith or whatever like the main kind of antagonist is she an antagonist i i couldn't really tell what her relation was to everybody where she's kind of the villain she's definitely the villain I, I guess so, yeah. I mean, I guess I just didn't hate her enough, really, to make her feel like she was the bad guy. But yeah. also because I just found her more compelling than the lead characters, to be honest. Agreed. Yeah, I I thought she was she was a very interesting character. So I I didn't dislike her either. She was she was like she probably had the best acting out of anybody. But I think yeah, I think she was definitely the villain at some point. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And, and maybe yeah, the reason we're not sure about whether or not she's the villain because I feel like this movie does leave a lot of things to chance. They don't necessarily explain a whole lot. You kind of got to fill in some of the gaps yourself. Yeah, this movie so wants to be uh, New England Fargo, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, because the way that it's structured with its pacing and the cutaways from the murder stuff that lead to little like slices of life moment kind of things. It's like it's trying to do something like that with the way it's not. It's an investigation, but the investigation isn't the only thing driving the plot forward. Because, okay, I'm I'm going to be totally honest here with my opinions on this. I thought this movie was gosh dang boring to watch. No, you're not alone there. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to be so unprofessional with that. This was a chore to get through. I, I, and I can't exactly pinpoint why. Because it's an interesting enough premise, and it's not exactly, like you said, it's not a badly made movie overall or badly acted movie but at some point the movie starts with a whole lot of energy for the first 20 minutes and then it just gets really slow at some point yeah i honestly thought the first like half an hour was probably like the first little bit until the 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 main thing happens was cool and then after that the next like 20 minutes were just incredibly boring and slow because I, I fell asleep after like half an hour last night when I was trying to watch it. And then I finished the rest of it this, this afternoon. And I actually, I got kind of into it. I started wanting to know where this whole murder mystery thing was going. I feel like it didn't really end very well. It didn't end interesting. But I loved the, uh, the atmosphere of the whole movie. Like the, the music and the, um, the kind of, how, how dark the city was. Like dark and rainy the town was the whole time. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of like the lighthouse, but less 
less good, obviously less cool. <laughs> I, I, I didn't like. I didn't dislike this movie at all. I thought it was kind of it was like a little bit better than mediocre. I, I wouldn't watch it again, but it was. I I, I kind of liked the uh, the atmosphere. Yeah, I I don't know. I I tried so hard to try to get with this movie's mindset, but it just it just never felt like there was much of a dry because you get the stuff with the murder plot line and then the stuff with the other murder, I guess, because there's technically two dead bodies that we're dealing with it for the most part. But the other dead body plot kind of goes away for a long time until later on in the story. But it's mm-hmm. also kind of tied to this whole thing with the whorehouse that Margot Martindale runs and stuff, essentially. There's a whole lot of stuff in this movie, I feel. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of intricateness to... I guess like it's, it's a very assumed intricateness to the characters in the film. I mean, there's a casual mention of, you know, the the husbands of the women who mostly portray the, the people of this town and how... They are just apparently absent for no real explicable reason. Um, I think they're just all doing that sea shanty thing that interludes for no reason whatsoever in the movie. Okay. I got the impression that they were all either widowers or something or other, um, just because of the neo-noir type of setting. I mean, it did seem like everybody was in on some really dark secret, and they didn't necessarily tell you what everybody else's dark secret is, just, you know, these particular characters. And maybe these two girls who were, you know, the daughters of... um, I believe her name was Enith, um, the woman who was friends with Margot Martindale, who apparently, I guess, it wasn't even really clear to me whether she ran the brothel or had a part in it, but it seems like she bred these two very innocent-seeming girls who end up killing, you know, somebody, maybe, I don't know, in self-defense. But then again, if my thoughts seem scattered, I assure you it's not my fault. It's because this movie really is all over the place. Yeah, I, mm. I, I'm having a hard time boiling down what the things happened in the movie because there's just, just there's no peak to the story. There's no point where it goes, oh, this is where everything culminates to each other other than like one thing with Margaret Martindale's story. And even the way that ended, I was just kind of like, well, how did that happen? <laughs> you know, I'm just like, where, where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, the, um, the, I feel like the last, um, the last third of the movie up until the end was actually, it seemed like it was going to go somewhere. And then it really didn't. Like they had a big confrontation. Uh, it was, it was like it was kind of weird. The the ending, the pacing at the end was really strange. Yeah, the pacing throughout was just really strange. Uh, and it's interesting to note the people who are involved in making this movie because the directors, it's two women actually, Bridget Savage Cole and Daniel Cruddy. Uh, now da- Daniel Cruddy actually, she is a camera operator mm-hmm. normally. She worked for mm-hmm. Black Swan and a couple other uh, shows and short films. Cowboys and Aliens. Uh, yeah, I think I believe she did as well. Yeah. Um, and then there was a nu- the other person. Uh, oh, sorry, I just said, said her name. Uh, Bridget, yeah, Bridget Cole. She mostly does short films, and I feel like that probably might be a bit of the problem. Where this is a big feature debut f- uh, for the both of them, it feels like this movie is structured like a bunch of little short stories that don't exactly really tie well together. Because even some stuff where you think there's suspense to it they almost immediately undercut the suspense with some reveal that happens. You're like, ah, you think it was going to do this, but now we do this. And now we got nothing else really to go with that. So, yeah. I don't know. Because like, like, the whole thing with a knife, where I'm like, well, that should have been something to leave you like, oh, what's going to happen with the knife? That gets addressed really easily when it's finally revealed. Yeah. And um, it was it was kind of weird. Like, the whole, the, the cops following them didn't really lead anywhere either. Like, the, the guy kind of seemed like he knew what was going on, and then... He just he was just kind of gone. 
Yeah. <laughs> the only reason I cared about that cop at all is because his name is Justin, too. So I'm just like, oh, hey, Justins are everywhere. I actually kind of like that. I, I, I like the younger cop, the older, obviously aloof cop, which gave off the Fargo vibe. Was was by the way that I I, I do think the older cop um, who had a who had a crush on Marco Martindale's character. Um, those conversations that they had did just certainly remind me of Fargo. But the younger cop actually, I liked him for a little while up until that moment that I think that I think Marco's referring to, where or Max is referring to, where he basically um, finds out that one of the that the murderer lied to him, and he just kind of shrugs it off. He, I think he literally, I think he audibly just says, "Well, shit." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you see him driving that, away. Yeah, no one took this seriously at all in the story. Like in the story context, like the characters don't seem to like take any seriousness with the momentum of what's going on with the plot. Because I'm just like, aren't we investigating a murder here? Two murders, maybe? Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I, I actually like that actor too. Uh, the, the guy's name is Will Britton. Uh, he was in Everybody Wants Some back in the day. Yeah, you know, you remember that film. Uh, and then the older cop was Skip Suduth, uh, who was in Ronin. Yeah, hmm. but you know, it's like, he's, he's a good character. He's actor. been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like also like they wasted a lot of time squandering the talents of other people. Like I mentioned, June Squibb's in this movie, and I say that only because I know who June Squibb is. But otherwise, she's only in this for like maybe five or ten minutes sporadically throughout the film. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about because I, I didn't recognize anybody except one of the older women. I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, so June Squibb's the really really old lady, the one who was in the very last scene at the end there with who smiles at that one person. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, she's great. I love that actress and. Because she's so old, nobody knows what to do with her. They're like, oh, shoot, we can't cast her in younger parts anymore. I'm not saying that to be crass. I'm saying yeah. that's, that's Hollywood, you know. Yeah, for but, sure. And the problem is these two lead girls, um, one of them is Morgan Saylor, and I thought I recognized her. Uh, she's Dana Brody from Homeland. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, and it's like these two young actresses, because then um, the other one here, I believe, is Sophie Lowe, who's just been a bunch of TV shows, if you look at her credits. They're not bad actors. I just never really felt like I cared what was happening in their storyline, especially because they do a really dumb thing right after the big, like, you know, death thing that happens early on, where I'm like, the obvious answer to do is to do this thing. And they even address that as an option, and they openly just go, no, we're going to do this instead. And I'm like, but yeah. that would have solved all of your problems. Literally. Everything they did was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, every single thing they did, you're just like, why would you do this? Why would you do this? I get that you can sometimes have dumb characters, but it just openly defies logic and sense for the sake of, look, we subverted your expectations with that. I just, yeah. I don't know. I, I had a hard time sympathizing with them at all during the story. Well, the biggest problem was, like, there were no stakes at all. Like, no, any, any, anything that happened, nobody really cared. <laughs> like, it, it didn't seem, it wasn't, like, suspense, suspenseful at all. You didn't feel like... You didn't feel like the, the the antagonist was even that dangerous, even though she was pretending to be? No, it's all just about a whorehouse at the end. So you're just yeah. like, oh, darn, she's going to lose the brothel. Boo-hoo. <laughs> I, like, I feel like this is the movie, if the lighthouse was bad, this was what it would have been. <laughs> I don't know if I could really go with the lighthouse comparison. But <laughs> I'm surprised you brought that the, up. I have to admit, that's one of my favorite music. movies in recent years, and you're comparing to it, and I'm sitting over here shaking my head. I'm shaking my oh, head. I love the lighthouse. <laughs> that movie's awesome. Oh, the movie's great, but Agreed. yeah, but this—I just don't know what else I can really say about this. I mean, it, again, it's not badly made. It's shot decently for being a very clearly low-budget film, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it I, did feel very indie. Oh yeah, like there's so few sets. The only way they kind of compensated for the cheapness was doing these very stylish camera angles throughout it at points where they're very like 
I wouldn't say Wes Anderson because that's the easy cop-out answer, but very, like, stagey-looking kind of shots throughout this film. I, yeah. I, I read a lot of comparisons to the Coen brothers, and I, I'm racking my brain trying to figure out why they would make that comparison. And it's I, because of the easy thing to do with these kind of movies where it's like, oh, it's a dark, weird, quirky murder thriller kind of thing. People always go to Coen Brothers or Far, you know, like, like I said, like Fargo, you know, as I mentioned that. that. That's clearly what they want to do. I just never felt it had the wit or the craftsmanship of a Coen Brothers movie. No, not at all. It was very loose. I felt like there was just a lot of loose ends. And, and that fact that, you know what... What you guys mentioned about nobody caring, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the, the, the whorehouse, the murders, um, you know, the seeming, seemingly like, uh, I don't know, just like crime happening out in the open. And then at the end, when you realize that nobody really cares and they're all just kind of looking out for each other and murder is just fine. I don't know. I sincerely don't get where in the world this story takes place. It's not Earth. It's not America. <laughs> but um, back to the kind of like the pace of the, of, of the film, I, I did kind of get the impression that I was watching a TV show that was laying like nuggets for me to investigate later because I would get an, an, a wind of somebody's like tale or story or vibe and I'd be like, oh, interesting. And then before you know it, they're gone or, you know, it's just you don't really hear much about it again. But then the movie just ends. And then before you know it, you're wondering yeah. what just happened. And now I'm here reviewing no, it, still wondering what happened. Would... Yeah, literally at the part where something interesting was about to happen, the movie just cuts off. You're just like, mm-hmm. no, wait, but that's the whole thing, isn't it? That's the twist right there. Yeah. Well, and, and the movie was only an hour 30. You could have gone another 20 minutes and like and had had an actual ending. <laughs> was it an hour 30? Because it felt yeah. like an eternity. 93 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The thing <laughs> I also find incredibly inexplicable, not just the pacing, not just the plotting, not just all this kind of stuff, but the fact this movie has 99% critic approval on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I don't what? get it. You'd be surprised how many of them actually mentioned the word, the, the name Cohen Brothers. Like it's it's ridiculous. I, you know, I don't want to be that guy. I hate being that guy, but I have such a. Uh, I feel like I'm a self-hating critic at this point. When I look at other people's reviews, I'm just like, wow, this is the most disingenuous review I've ever read for anything. When I would get read some things, I just. <laughs> Look, yeah. if people like this movie, that's fine. I don't mind. People can like what they like, but like you said, the Cohen Brothers comparisons, this stuff. I don't get it. That's just such an easy cop-out answer to support indie filmmakers or people that you want to do well. And I want people to do well. I just also can't give praise where praise isn't due, you know? Yeah, I'm very surprised by this Rotten Tomatoes scores. I'm very, very surprised. I mean, because people are like, oh, it's clever, it's funny, it's dark, it's weird, it's original. I've heard, like, I've heard the word, I've read the word dramedy at least three times when reading about this <laughs> film, and I was like, what? I'm trying to think of anything funny. The only thing I can even think of that was remotely funny was... Uh, martindale's crassness like just how vulgar she was was like awesome and that's the only thing that i could think of that was even remotely funny i yeah. think yeah there was like one line she said near the end which is like oh, i need this like, i need a hole in the head and i'm just like <laughs> okay it was like chuckle worthy but only because she said it kind of thing yeah i don't know i i feel bad for these actresses again they're not awful they just have such uninteresting characters saddled behind them that they're just dragging throughout the film and it's like who cares what they're doing i'm gonna go so. i'm gonna go on a limb here and say that that one woman should stick to shorter films and the other should probably stick to being part of the crew. No, I'm kidding. I mean, that's, that's yeah. probably a stretch, but I, I mean, that you is know, what again, I'm I, here. Yeah, I get wanting to support female filmmakers, but, you know, when you see the skill of other female filmmakers out there, it's like, yeah, you got these two actors, uh, these two uh, women directors versus, like, a, um, a, what's her name from The Hurt Locker? Uh, Catherine Bigelow. You know, like, that woman is a craftsman. Like, she's a master craftsman in comparison, you know? Agreed. Hurt Locker was amazing. Oh, yeah. But and that's the thing where I'm just like, I want to give credit where credit's due. And as it is, 
I don't see where credit is giving due for this movie. So, I mean, is there any other points to make other than just what we've said? Probably not. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but, like, th- it's this is kind of, like... Back in the day, like, it's Netflix is still kind of like that. Like, most Netflix original movies were, like, really just bad and low budget until maybe the last year, and they've started picking up since, like, like Six Underground came out, and, like, there's been more and more, um, like, higher I'm not sure if people movies. fully agree Six Underground was good, but... I mean, I'm just saying, like, more, like, high budget, like, more produced, like, better than just, like, junk Netflix originals. I sure, feel like sure. I feel like Amazon Video is a little bit behind Netflix. Even like they don't re- they don't really do anything good that's original, except like maybe some of their TV shows. Well, it's weird because Amazon actually was the first streaming studio to get nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars because they did Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I huh. yeah, no, they uh, they bought it after its Sundance premiere. Uh, which again, you know, that's the problem is that they, their best stuff is acquired from other people because they also did a Cold War uh, a couple years ago. I haven't heard and, of that one. Oh, it's great. Fantastic Polish movie. Um, nice. But that's the problem is that it's just so inconsistent. Like, Amazon wants to be the art house studio because they acquire so much indie stuff. Like, if you look through their um, their Prime Video playlist and that stuff, there is just so much independent stuff that you would never see anywhere else except in, like, the smallest of art house theaters. I agree. You know? They have a lot of A24 stuff, and um, they got, like, a bunch of the Safdie, movie brother- Safdie Brothers movies on there. I think they have all of them except for the new one. Yeah, and I don't know. It just sometimes that's good, and sometimes you just get the stuff that's you know nobody has heard of for a reason. And I think this is yeah. kind of that one. But you know, this one's probably going to do decently with critics, and maybe it'll do decently on Prime Video. It's been out for about two weeks. I wish I could like have numbers to report to see if this movie's doing any good or not. I don't know. I'm surprised again because I watched it with my wife, and she's not as heavy a movie critic as I am. And I asked her what she thought, and she just said, "I thought I was watching a series for the first hour of the film." When it was over, I was confused, and I and I asked her what her thoughts were, and she said, "Meh." That's all she said. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's that, a super fair review. <laughs> I totally agree. I think your wife should be on one of these reviews someday. <laughs> I like yeah. it. Yeah, no, that's what my wife thought. She was just like, "Meh," you know. I felt meh. She felt meh. We were all meh. <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. I got nothing else to say. So you know, what? I'll just start with my final thoughts here. Uh, yeah, this movie's meh. <laughs> um, you know, that's it. I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I wanted to be fair going into this movie, uh, you know, and it's just, again, I, I can only praise the actors for trying their hardest to make the most of their material, uh, and it's put together competently on a cinematography level because one of them was a camera operator, so <laughs> she knows what she's doing with that stuff. Uh, so yeah, blow the man down could probably blow me, honestly. So <laughs> no, <laughs> nice. no, I can't. That's a little much. Uh, I'm going to give this four out of ten random segues to sea shanties. Nice. Yeah? So, who wants to go next? I'll go next. Um, All right. My final thought, well, I'll agree with you. I do think that this movie was well put together. I thought it was really pretty. Um, I really wanted to live in that town or at least rent an Airbnb there for a weekend and just kind of hang out, you know, maybe just like... (laughs) smoke cigarettes at the bottom of floor of the brothel and listen to people bang upstairs. I don't know. The vibe was interesting. I have to admit, it was... I was really excited about this movie at the onset. Unfortunately, I think it really let me down. Um, I do think it's got some promising actors, even though I've never heard of any of them. I do think they all actually did a pretty decent job. You know, granted, the story sucked. Um, So, uh, all that being said, I thought the best performance of the film was David Coffin, who's the guy singing the... What are, what are we calling these songs? The shanty songs? 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, that dude's great. He is so. awesome. And, and look him up. He's got a. There's a whole story about him. He he does. He's part of like a a group of singers called. I think they're called the Revels. And he like teaches school. He's he's awesome. Best coolest thing I learned about anyone was that guy throughout this entire movie. So I'm gonna give it five out of ten. Farts vanished in the wind. Which <laughs> which if anyone gets that reference, um, uh, it there's the only interesting thing I read on the trivia is there's only one thing on there. But that reference, he he was gone like a fart vanished in the wind, is something that uh, the warden in Shawshank Redemption says about Andy Dufresne after he escapes, which was also filmed in Maine. Small tidbit for okay. you. Ah. <laughs> well, it's Stephen King, so of course it was filmed in Maine. Of course it was. <laughs> so also funny, I didn't realize, uh, the one other thing that made me laugh, I totally forgot about it, that the opening bit when you see all the guys singing the sea shanties, there was that one random dude vaping in the middle of the group. <laughs> yes. You're just like, oh yeah. <laughs> what the frick was that? It's just like all these guys singing this song, you see this guy, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had that giant rig, too. He wasn't like a regular, like, it wasn't like a jewel. It was a giant, huge vaping rig with a huge bellow of smoke. Yeah, that was actually kind of cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah, they were like, they were like, we got to make sure people know it's in the modern day instead of, like, in the 80s or something. <laughs> right, well, because you say it's modern day, this still feels like it was, like, an 80s movie. Because, I mean, they had smartphones, I guess, but it didn't feel very modern, you know? No. Yeah, no, no you're totally right. Well, Max. Yeah, I, I I liked it only a slightly bit more than you guys. I think um, just because of the uh, the music and the atmosphere. I guess I just have like a a special place for um for like kind of dark, rainy like shanty towns and stuff. But it's it's I felt the same way. It was just kind of meh. Like nothing really happened. I I did start to like it in the middle when they were starting to lead towards like some kind of like murder mystery thing. But um, I'm pretty much on the same page. I just, I just give it a 6 out of 10 instead of a 5 just because I like the atmosphere and the music. It's really about okay. it. All right. Uh, 6 out of 10 what's, though? A 6 out of 10 uh, beers in the fridge that, in that dude's house that <laughs> probably smelled bad. What does she say when she just reaches for one? I think she just says, oh, F it. I don't know if we can curse on here, but I'm not going to say it. Somebody else can say it. <laughs> I mean, I don't curse normally, but go ahead. You can I'm not going to say fuck it. Oh, don't. All right. Oh, All right. How dare you? No, we just escalated to PG-13. If someone says it three more times, we're going to have to ask for a radar. <laughs> yeah, what was the rating in this movie? Was this PG-13? Uh, was it? I, it felt like an R film. I mean, I just maybe I just assumed that indie films like this are rated R. I have no idea at this point. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It looks, it's, apparently, it is rated R, according to Google. Okay, I mean, I, I think I heard some people say f words and that stuff because honestly, other like that and a little bit of violence, there isn't a whole lot else. I mean, I guess also the implied sexual romps in the uh, the, <laughs> the brothel. Where you, again, it's like comically overdone. Where you just hear the thunk, 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 like the people thumping in the upstairs. Yeah. I'm just like, I think it's okay. I think it's the violence, the sexual content, and just the fact that um, what's his name? Um, oh, I forget his character and girls. I want to call him by that. Oh, Desi. Desi, right? Desi Bacharach. Uh, yeah, he's doing, like, cocaine in the beginning. I think that pushes it into R-rated, <laughs> R-rated territory. And the vaping, man. You can't let kids see the vaping. It's, it's bad true. now. It's true. <laughs> vaping, automatic R. Oh, boy. 